Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Sunday sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship. We would love to hear how God has blessed your life. Reach out to us through social media or email us at scfellowshipchurch at gmail.com. I'd actually like for Grandam to do one more thing for us, and I'd like him to open us up in prayer. So. I started to tell you all the You're good. Go ahead. You got it. Good story about a mint. I, I got a mint here in my mouth, and I usually put that in my mouth, and uh, what ended up happening, when it melts, I'm supposed to stop. And uh, not too many years ago, I put a button in my mouth and never did stop <laughs> So I got a mint today. <laughs> well, I just say a prayer, pray over the meeting, that the Lord with anointing will be here, and we'll have ears to hear. It's no good to hear the word if it just goes over your head. But well, we want you to hear the word this morning. Bow your head. Lord, this is a day you sent. We're going to rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you, Lord, that you have. Place into our hearts, Lord, a desire to hear your word and to understand it. Lord, we don't want just to hear it. We want it to go deep into our spirit where we will believe it in Jesus' mighty name. I give you thanks, Lord. Amen. I brought with me today a button and a mint. And I haven't made up my mind which I'm going to put in my mouth yet. <laughs> Amen. We, we had a great time yesterday. Uh, it's, it is tough. You know, I don't know how else to describe Grandam except that he definitely was one of my heroes. You know, thankfully I had a hero who pointed me to the true hero, you know, but, but he was just amazing. He was an amazing man, and I, I thankfully got a lot of time with him. And so I, I really honestly thought, I knew, I knew I would miss him when he passed, and I knew I'd got a lot of time with him, but I, I don't know. I didn't realize that it was going to kind of kick this hard, to be honest with you, so... So I appreciate all the love and all the outpouring you guys have given to me. And uh, Levi, <laughs> Levi described it. He said, Dad, I, I was worried about you. When we found out, I just kind of laid in bed for a minute and, and, you know, cried a little bit. And he said, Dad, you, you kind of reminded me of a whimpering dog. <laughs> I said, man, that's kind of a rough image. I got to work on that. I figure I don't know. But, you know, when you lose someone that was just that close to you and spent so much time with you and, and just uh, meant that much to you, uh, it hurts. And it makes me think of the disciples and what they must have gone through when Jesus died. You know, just somebody that had impacted their life so much. And without, I mean, even though Jesus was telling them, you know, that I've got to go away, I've got to go away. You know, they, got, they were thinking, that, uh, okay, whatever, whatever. No, you don't have to leave. You don't have to leave. But what they must have felt. But, you know, what was interesting was Granham always tried to impart the Holy Spirit not just God the Father, not just God the Son, but the Holy Spirit. That was extremely important to him. And I don't know that I fully understood that. I walked in the power of the Holy Spirit. I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I utilized that resource. But I don't know that I fully understood it until this week, to be honest with you. The way I want to start out is just to kind of read to you some of the stuff Grandam was talking about. He, he taught here back in April of 2019, and I was going back through that message and he was talking about worship, and he said, when we worship, there's a movement of the body that takes place under the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not supposed to be out of the flesh. It's supposed to be something that comes out of the spirit man. And then he said, uh, this lesson on worship is a revolutionary lesson. <laughs> Grandam was always the salesman. You know, he said, it means loosen up. Let the Holy Ghost take over. 
And then he began to talk about Bobby. And he said, Bobby let the Holy Spirit move his feet this morning. He said, sometimes I see Sam wave a flag. And he said, I saw Ray Ann. She was worshiping the Lord, moving around because the Spirit's moving in her. And God says he wants us to learn how to let the Holy Spirit worship through us. And the Bible says to worship in spirit and in truth. And I just couldn't think of a better way to begin today's sermon than that right there. He went on to say that God's word is the truth. The spirit is the Holy Spirit. And so the teaching he taught back in April of 2019, he said it's founded on the word of God that clearly states it's impossible to please God without faith. It tells us that in Hebrews 11. And that's what I want to tell you today. The word that's being brought today is a word that's based off of faith because it is impossible to please God without faith. So if you got faith, you got the faith to worship. Then he said, but we pick and choose what we believe about God's word. In other words, we don't have any problems believing John 3, 16 or Romans 10, 9, and 10, or even Isaiah 53, 4, and 5, which talks about being healed by his stripes. But you start talking about casting out demons, speaking in tongues, and all of a sudden it's, hold up, wait a minute. And then he said something really important that I want you to understand today. All I'm trying to bring to our attention is that we have to quit picking and choosing. If God said it, I believe it. If God said it, you believe it. So therefore, we don't have to worry about what we're going to believe. Amen? So that's what I want to talk to you today about. Who is this Holy Spirit that we talk about? Who is the Holy Spirit? If you want to turn your Bibles to the book of John, I'm going to spend the majority of the time in the book of John here. Um, You can imagine it's been quite a, a busy week. And so I'm going old school, no slides today. If you don't have your Bible with you, I'm told saying shame on you is not appropriate anymore, but um, get a Bible. If you got a phone, download a Bible. It's that easy, right? Have a Bible on you at all times. Amen. I'm going to start out on the 14th chapter in the 16th verse. My main text is going to come from the 16th chapter, though, so if you want to hold on to those two chapters right there. In John, the 14th chapter, the 16th verse, it says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, so that he may be with you forever. The helper is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it does not see him or know him. But you know him, because he remains with you and will be in you. This was Jesus talking to the disciples. The Holy Spirit is a helper. It is the spirit of truth. In John, the fourth chapter, you don't have to turn there, and it says in the 23rd verse, but a time is coming and even now has arrived when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. So if the Holy Spirit is the helper, and if he is the spirit of truth, we should be chasing after and worshiping the Holy Spirit. But, you know, even saying that sometimes makes us think twice and go, whoa, 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 I'm supposed to worship God. But, but God is the Father, God is the Son, and God is the Holy Spirit. And so worshiping the Holy Spirit is worshiping God the Father and God the Son. But what happens is when we convince ourselves not to worship the Holy Spirit or chase the Holy Spirit, then we end up pushing the Holy Spirit totally out of the picture. And when we do that, we've missed a whole third of God. John 16 is the main crux of my message today. Starting in the fifth verse, it says, But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I am leaving. Can can you think about that for a minute? You're following Jesus Christ. 
and he's saying to you, hey, it's to your advantage that I leave. You've been with him when, he's, when he has healed people. He's cast out demons. He's opened blind eyes. He's called the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. And he's telling you it's to your advantage that I leave. You're telling me that they believe that? But he says, for if I do not leave, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world regarding sin and righteousness and judgment. Regarding sin because they do not believe in me. And regarding righteousness, judge, uh, regarding righteousness because I am going to the Father and you no longer are going to see me. Let me say that again. Jesus is telling his disciples, you are no longer going to see me. That is the reason and who the Holy Spirit is. He is the guide to help us to see Jesus in our spirit. See, the disciples got to see Jesus in the flesh. We don't see Jesus in the flesh. So either Jesus had to keep living for all of us to see him and we sacrifice eternal salvation, or he has to die for our eternal salvation and there has to be somebody else to show us that righteousness that Jesus was showing the disciples. That is the Holy Spirit. That is the helper. That is the comforter. That's why he sent him to show us what the disciples saw with Jesus when they walked with him day after day after day. To be our guide. To be our helper. It goes on in verse 11. It says, And regarding judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them at this present time. When he, the spirit of truth. Who's the spirit of truth? The Holy Spirit. When he comes, he will guide you into all the truth. Now check this next part out. For he will not speak on his own. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me. For he will take from mine and will disclose it to you. All things that the Father have are mine. That is why I said that he takes from mine and will disclose it to you. So who is the Holy Spirit? He's the spirit of truth. He's the comforter. He's the helper. And he comes to guide us into all truth. He speaks not his own words, but the words of the Father. Whatever he hears is what he's going to speak. Whatever he discloses to us. And notice it says, and we'll disclose to you what is to come. What does that sound like? It sounds like prophecy to me. When he discloses what is to come is prophecy. So how do we prophesy? The Holy Spirit. When we seek that relationship with the Holy Spirit, and by extension, we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, that means we have a relationship with Jesus Christ and with God the Father. It's, it's one God, and they serve different functions. You know, we, we see no problem believing in God the Father, and the way I see Him is a creative side. He created everything we see around us. We physically see the things God created. And we think of God the Son, Jesus Christ. He was our example but he was also the sacrifice that we needed. And we hear firsthand accounts of walking with Jesus, and we read those firsthand accounts, and we believe in this man named Jesus and what he did for us. But then here comes the Holy Spirit. And because he moves in such a way that we can't understand or fathom, you understand that when you get a word of prophecy, everybody says, oh, great, but have you ever had to be the one to deliver that word of prophecy? Sometimes those words aren't real nice. Sometimes 
Because remember, it's the spirit of what? Truth. All truth. And sometimes we need to be told that we're not doing right. So it sounds like a real easy thing just to prophesy and a fun thing to prophesy to know what's coming. But the reality is, even Jesus said up here, he said, I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them at the present time. Even Jesus knew that sometimes people just cannot handle what he has to say. So who is this Holy Spirit? You know what? He convicts. He said to bring conviction. You know, there are times we feel horrible and we, we've been in front of somebody and we translate that, translate that into what? Condemnation. Conviction. It's conviction. He came to convict. Again, we no longer see Jesus. The disciples saw him. They walked with him. They were able to follow his example in real time. But we don't see Jesus as they did. And that's why the Holy Spirit is sent to be our guide, just like Jesus was the guide to the disciples. One more time, let me read verses 13 through 15. It says, but when he, the spirit of truth, spirit of truth is who? Holy Spirit. When he comes, he will guide you into all the truth. Lord, I just don't know what to do in this situation. Then who should we be asking? We should be asking the Holy Spirit. For He will not speak on His own. But I don't know if I should pray to the Holy Spirit. Who do you think the Holy Spirit's talking to? He's talking to God the Father. God the Son. What you hear Him say is what God says. But whatever He, he hears, He will speak and He will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me. If what you're hearing from the Holy Spirit doesn't glorify God, it's not the Holy Spirit. Who is this Holy Spirit? He's somebody that's going to glorify God. He will take from mine and will disclose it to you. And things that the Father have are mine. This is why I said that He takes from mine and will disclose it to you. That's who the Holy Spirit is. Why do we need the Holy Spirit? Without the Holy Spirit, we're operating at two-thirds capacity. We're not utilizing the full power of God. We believe in creation. We believe in salvation. Most of us believe in healing. But we balk at speaking in tongues or prophesying, casting out demons, opening blind eyes. Why? We're missing a whole third of God. We're operating at two-thirds capacity. Let me see if I can put this in context for you. Yesterday, we had a phenomenal baker who made us just these phenomenal sweets. Oh, my gosh. They were awesome. They were awesome. And I guarantee you she didn't make them with two-thirds of the ingredients. But when we operate without the Holy Spirit, it's like baking those goods with only two-thirds of the ingredients. Hey, it doesn't mean you can't bake the cake. It doesn't mean it might not be okay, but it is not as good as it's supposed to be. It's not the full power that God meant for it to be. You're missing out on something God left for us. Who do you think is going to guide us through these tumultuous times? You think 2020 has been rough? Who are you going to ask for advice? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that guides us. You know, operating without the Holy Spirit is like driving a car that's only two-thirds built. When I thought about that, I went one step further. Imagine you had a Ferrari. And let's imagine that Ferrari was fully built. 
powerful machine, just phenomenal. But when we don't use the Holy Spirit, we treat that Ferrari like the Flintstones mobile. Instead of using the engine and the power that's in it, we're just picking it up and running our feet, you know, <laughs> trying to get it going. We're missing out on the power and the boldness. We're missing out on all of the things that God said the Holy Spirit would do. When we refuse to acknowledge the Holy Spirit, Benny Hinn wrote a book called Good Morning, Holy Spirit. I recommend you get it and read it. I can't explain the Holy Spirit to you. But since I'm operating in the vein of keep it super simple, this is it. I guarantee you, if you start chasing after the Holy Spirit, he's going to catch you. Amen. And you're going to like it. My nephew texted me a, a, a week or so ago, and he said, I, I hear you've been having some spiritual encounters with God. I said, that's the very mild way to put that. He said, how do I get that relationship? How do I get that experience? And I wish I could tell you that I immediately went back to him and told him exactly how to do that. But the reality was I, I didn't actually even think about it. I don't know. I didn't know. And I had to think about it. It was a phenomenal question, and I'm so gratefully asked. Because it caused me to pray and ask and seek God and say, Lord, how do I help other people have this same experience? What is it, Lord? What, what, I know it's not because it's me personally. And I know it's not just a secret formula. And God... The Holy Spirit said, it's chasing after me. It's spending time with me. It's being hungry for me. When you're hungry for something, you don't stop until you get fed. Okay? When you're starving for something, you don't stop till you get fed. You know, starvation will cause people to eat some really weird, wild stuff trying to get fed. But they're desperate. That's the way we got to be with God. That's the way we got to be with the Holy Spirit. And we get desperate for the Holy Spirit. When we get desperate for that relationship with Him, when we start reaching out and we start saying, God, give me more. God, just give me you. Then guess what He does? He gives us Him. That Holy Spirit comes in and He begins to show us more and more of the Lord. And then it does become some of that physical, tangible presence of God that you just can't explain. Let me give you an example. We'll start calling it the honey hole too because I, I, I don't know what else to call it. But, but you know, uh, Matt kept telling us he had this secret spot. And I don't really know that he was real sure about sharing it with anybody. And uh, I do want to preface this, by the way, before I tell you this, this story. I need to clear something up. It, it's nothing about this particular church. Okay? In other words, that, it's not going out to that particular spot that's doing anything. Now, they're very open, and God is moving in that building. What I'm trying to tell you is you don't have to go out to that building over there. God's moving in here as well. He's moving all around us. Okay? It's not something about going there. Now, what happens to me is I get to relax a little bit more. I don't have any responsibilities there, and so I'm able just to enter in and not worry about anything around me. And that, that's, that's kind of what helps me out there. You have the same opportunity. Hopefully you have that here. You just enter in. Just let, let God do what God's going to do. So a couple weeks ago on a Sunday night, I'm up there with Rodney, and I only bring his name up because I need you to have a visual size comparison. And Matt, if you've met Matt Smith, uh, he's come to some of the men's breakfast, and he, he's, he's not as big as uh, myself. He's not as tall as Rodney, but he's still a pretty pretty strong dude, pretty, pretty built guy. 
And the pastor asked me and Rodney and Matt to come down front. And let me back up just to here and tell you that, that Bobby the instigator, <laughs> Bobby the instigator's already started. Like, we, we're there five minutes. He's on the floor already. And so he's, uh, he's excited. And all I hear from the floor is, Herman, Herman. I said, all right, Dale, you got to move. Bobby's calling me. Let me go out there. So Bobby throws this prayer cloth at me and nothing. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. Now, now there was a piece there, but I meant like I didn't like have a jolt of lightning and, and my leg break down and everything, right? I'm telling you that on, on purpose for a reason to say that it's not just, uh, you know, I've told everybody, if God moves, I'll, I'll surrender, but I'm not going to fake it. And Bobby don't want me to fake it either. Right, Bobby? He don't want me to fake it. He's not, I mean, it's, it's fine. So I go back and sit down. Later on, like I said, the pastor calls me and Rodney and Matt down there, and they got a cross in the carpet. It's part of the carpet. All I know is I touched the cross. That right knee buckled a little bit. Uh, okay, something a little different right there. I don't know what's going on. And he asked us to all stand together and hold hands. So I've learned not to ask questions. It gets a little wild and weird out there. I've told you all it hits the 15 on my weirdometer. But if God's involved, I want it. I want it to hit 15 every time. And so we're, we're together, we're holding hands, and I realize I better close my eyes because if not, I'm looking and I'm letting things enter my mind and I'm just blocking what God wants to do. So I just close my eyes. And the way I describe it is, I, I think the pastor was playing spiritual duck-duck-goose. I, I don't know. But Tammy says it like he had an invisible rope just kind of tying us all together, you know, and he was walking around us and praying. I, I promise he only walked around once. Tammy, Tammy tells me it was four or five times. I only remember once. Because he gets back around to the back side of me, and all I remember is hearing the word power and the next thing I know, I'm like face down like somebody hit me with a two-by-four. <laughs> For those of you that doubt, let me just promise you something. I'm not going down just because. If I go down, you can better believe it was God because I'm not built that way. And if I go down face first, chances are you're going to take me to the doctor. Something's hurt. But the reality is nothing was hurt. And, and, and the power of God just moved so mightily that night. And it was amazing. And it was a tangible touch from God. But I've also told you there have been nights I go out there and I don't have that tangible touch. And God has spoken to me through the Holy Spirit to say, you won't get a tangible touch tonight. I said, God, why not? He said, I'm trying to help you to understand. And I don't want you chasing the tangible touch. I want you chasing me. I want you seeing where I'm moving. Amen. I want you to see what I'm doing and get excited about me. I want you like the Holy Spirit to glorify me. And I find that when I do get that part right, I do end up getting a tangible feeling and, and presence. But it's not about chasing that feeling. It's about chasing that God. It's about chasing that Holy Spirit. It's about being so hungry. It doesn't matter. You'll go out somewhere for hours and hours and hours just on the off chance God might touch you. Talk about the pool of Bethesda, right? People just lined up there on the, just the hope that they'd be the one to get in the pool. Yeah. I mean, staying there for days, just hoping that they'll be the one that gets touched. Why do we need the Holy Spirit? So we can operate at full capacity. So then the, the logical question then is, how do we receive the Holy Spirit? Let, let, me, let me share with you one more thing here. I've always heard, I've always heard that when you receive Jesus Christ into your heart, you receive the Holy Spirit too. That there's no separate 
baptism or anything like that. It's just in there. And I've questioned that for so long because logically that makes sense. Logically, it makes sense that if I receive Jesus and he comes into my heart, then he brings along God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy spirit. Okay. So I don't want to, I don't want to challenge you too much, but I do want to encourage you to search the scriptures about where it says Jesus comes into your heart. Because I think what happens is we end up missing a piece. We start focusing so much on Jesus came into our heart that we push the Holy Spirit to the side and we explain him away. But Jesus told his disciples he was sending somebody else, somebody separate from him. The disciples in the upper room, as we're going to read in just a minute, walked with Jesus but experienced something else. So it's not just I accepted Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior and I got the power of the Holy Spirit. It was a separate encounter. You call it what you want to call it. You make it fit your logic all you want to, all you want to fit it. But I'm through doing that. Because what it's done is it's kept me from that full power of God. It has caused me to explain away things I don't understand. Instead of just trusting God and letting him have his way in my life. And what I found out is that he does some things that are a little weird to me. And that's the reason I've shied away from it. But I can also tell you that over the last couple of months, I have never felt more connected to God. I have never felt more at peace. I have never felt more alive. I have never felt like I understood God any better than the last couple of months. And the only thing that I've done different, the only thing I've done different is I've started chasing him harder. That's it. That's it. Let me read a couple of familiar scriptures to you. How do you receive the Holy Spirit? In Luke chapter 11, verses 9 through 13, it says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. And we've heard that scripture over and over and over again. I've used it recently to talk about asking for compassionate hearts. I don't know if I've read the other scriptures in a while, so let me read you a few of the other scriptures right after those. It goes on to say, Now which one of your fathers, uh, now which one of you fathers will his son ask for a fish, and instead of a fish, he will give him a snake? Or he will even ask for an egg, and his father will give him a scorpion? So if you, despite being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, are you ready? How much more will your heavenly Father give you what? Anybody know? The Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. I've never read that with those other Scriptures. He's talking about ask, seek, and knock. And He's saying, I'll give you the Holy Spirit. He's not saying, I'll give you salvation. I'll give you me and your heart. I'll give you the Holy Spirit. There's something specific about the Holy Spirit. We've talked about the upper room in Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, a noise like a violent rushing wind came from heaven. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Any reason why you think it came suddenly and was violent and filled the whole house? To me, I think it's I'm making an announcement and I want everybody to know what's going on. I'm making my presence known. I don't want there to be any doubt what's going on. This is not man-made. This is God-ordained. It says, And tongues that looked like fire appeared to them, distributing themselves, and a tongue rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit 
and began to speak with different tongues as the Spirit was giving them the ability to speak out. Now there were Jews residing in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the crowd came together and they were bewildered because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. And in verse 7 it says they were amazed and astonished. You know, when the Holy Spirit gets on you and fills you up, people around you will be amazed and astonished. And they'll want to know what you have. And they'll give you the opportunity to speak it in their lives. Because remember it said the Holy Spirit brings conviction regarding sin. That's why you walk up to somebody and they just start sharing their life to you. You don't even know why. So they start pouring their heart out. And they don't understand why they're telling you. They didn't mean to tell you this stuff. It's just the power of the Holy Spirit that resides in you is causing that convicting spirit. It's causing them to reveal. I want to finish up here with two other scriptures. How do you get the Holy Spirit? Well, first of all, with the disciples, it just came on them while they were praying. Jesus said, ask for it. Paul in Acts 19.6 says, and when Paul had laid hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they began speaking with tongues and prophesying. Paul laid hands on them. And then in Acts 10.44, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message. It, it's, it, it doesn't matter. It's not about laying on of hands. It's not just about asking. It's not just about being in prayer. It's about hungering for God. And He shows up in several different ways. He shows up when somebody lays their hands on you. He shows up when you're just praying. He shows up when, when, uh, when, when somebody's speaking about the name of Jesus, about the Holy Spirit. You heard Rodney up here speaking. He's not trying to confuse anybody when he starts speaking in tongues there for a minute. He's searching for the words. He's asking the Spirit. And we're prophesying. It's the Holy Spirit downloading in us. The Holy Spirit is not something for us to run away from or to be scared off by because we don't understand speaking in tongues. And I'll say this too, it's not just about the speaking in tongues. Unfortunately, some of the church, and I've been a part of it, has grown up focusing on only the speaking in tongues part. The Holy Spirit is so much more than just speaking in tongues. So much more. Don't be scared off. Dive into Jesus. Dive into the Holy Spirit. Dive into God. Don't miss out on a third of the power God wants to equip you with. You're scared and chickening out from witnessing. You need the Holy Spirit. That's who provides that boldness. You don't know what to do. You need guidance and direction. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is who my grandfather brought with him everywhere he went. He's the one he wanted to give to everybody he met because he knew and understood it wasn't just about God the Father. It wasn't just about Jesus the Son. It was also about the Holy Spirit. And until you have all three into one, you're not operating at full power. You've been listening to Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church, a place where you are loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman, an elder at Southside, to speak a Father's blessing over you. May the Lord bless and keep you, that He would cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord would lift up the light of His countenance upon you and give you His peace. 
And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.